welcome to the Retro Breakdown Roller Derby. <laughs> Dude, not roller, no roller derbying, okay? Only I, roller games. I'm, okay, I'm convinced that the roller games TV series from 1989 went off the rails because of Vince McMahon somehow. I, I have no idea if that's true. I also have no idea if that's true. It just makes too much sense. Because okay, here's, so it's, here's it's the thing, right? It's just your right? head cannon. It's, it's my head cannon. I have okay. no evidence. But here's what I have. Here's the circumstantial evidence that I have. Here's me connecting the dots on the pinboard. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, Roller Games came out 1989. Fairly successful. 13-episode season. Really good ratings. Like, apparently made some money. Um, then, mysteriously canceled. Right? Yes. Now, the thing about the thing about roller games is that, like, it was basically a... It was roller derby, but it had, like, very WWF-style, like, professional wrestling-type presentation with the yeah. way it had, like, good guys and bad guys and, and, and storylines and all of the pits. promo stuff. Like, it felt... It felt very, very WWF-like. Yeah, and I'm sure it was scripted between, like, who is supposed to kind of win and that kind of stuff. Right. It had to have been just based on the cuts (laughs) after being tossed into an alligator pit. Yes. So, like, so here's the thing, right? Later, like, a few years later in the 90s, Vince McMahon himself backed his own roller derby league. And that came on for a while. That was like very, very similar in presentation to roller games in the fact that it was in the sense that it was like, you know, basically professional wrestling on roller skates. I don't think he added alligators to it, but yeah, probably someone's like, hey, that's not, you know, that's not cool. Yeah. Or more likely, it's like this is expensive and really over the top and we don't actually have to do that. It's I'm I'm I. I think it's sad because I think it's just a case of the production company went bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> if that's, I had to, I mean, if I had to guess. That's probably it. <laughs> but but I, like, I much prefer the idea of Vince, Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is such a piece of trash that I I, I really like the headcanon that he somehow torpedoed it so that he could launch it himself a few years later. <laughs> it seems probable. Or at least possible. I don't actually know much about Vince McMahon at all, other than some of the meme of him being very uh, happy about something where they cut oh, a bunch yeah. of his faces together. All you need to know is that he's just a he's just a sleazy businessman who, you know, does underhanded stuff and has never faced any consequences for it. Oh, yeah, no, that's great. So, you know, <laughs> My, I mean, the the. The only the it's it's I think we've actually talked about did we maybe we did we ever talk about WWF before? I don't I mean I'm, or E w, I, I mean it's WWE now. It's, I specifically said WWF because we're talking about like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, but yeah, obviously it's WWE now, but yeah, it wasn't then. No, <laughs> that's the funniest thing to me is that the the World Wildlife Federation or uh, Foundation Federation. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, the World Wrestling Fund. 
<laughs> I just the only reason that ever stuck in my head is because there was a comedian talking about it, and they were like, "What? What happened? Like, was is there really a problem? Did anyone ever get these two things confused? <laughs> did did they accidentally ship a bunch of steel chairs to like a a, a panda re- reservation? They were like, you know what? Screw it. Let them have at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, just yeah, trademark law, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course, there's gonna be a big thing. I do like I don't know how many people remember this, but there was a very brief era and I've never been like an avid wrestling watcher. Like I dabbled in watching like a little like I want to say like in less episodes than I can count on like both hands of like, you know, Monday like Night Raw or something. Yeah. yeah. Like in the late 90s or something like that. Um, and then other than that, what I do now is I watch Botchamania which is just the compilation of like people screwing up. Oh, like they were that's like supposed really funny. to like they were supposed to do something but didn't kind of a thing or what? Yeah, like they, you know, they're supposed to flip them over in a particular way and they someone lands on their head but they're okay. Or like, <laughs> you know, you're jumping off the top rope to try to slam someone through the table but the table doesn't break. Or like, you know, People are on the mic trying to make their trying to make their big promo, you know, cut a promo, make their big statement. And they like they flub their words or something like that. OK, yeah. Um, all like all the all sorts of stuff like that, like a hot mic picks up them, uh, picks up the, the wrestlers in the ring, like telling each other what to do. Like what's next? Here's what you're supposed to do next. Yeah. Like, all right, kick me. All right. Now suplex. <laughs> and it's like it picks up on the microphone. Yeah. So it's just like it's just stuff like that. And I, I've become sort of fascinated with like the sort of inner workings of professional wrestling, like the performance aspect of it. Yeah. And how much stuff goes on behind the scenes to like make everything kind of play out in a certain way. Yeah, like, I, mean, I think lot. that's I think that stuff is actually really cool. Well, because it's, it's just a big play. Yeah. Like if you think about it, it's just a ton of people all working together to make something happen. Yeah, like I, I've heard someone I've heard someone refer to it as like anime for normies. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Because like the storylines are every bit as melodramatic. Yeah, for yeah, a hundred percent, if not worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, most of the rest of that discussion is for later. What have you been up to this week? Uh, I, I played more. I played other podcast games. I also played other podcast games. <laughs> what 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 else have I been playing? We started we started Yakuza Five. Oh, cool! Yes, cool. Yeah, awesome. that's fun. Uh, so far, you know, it's good. Just just taxi driving is Kiryu and stuff. Hey, are you doing? You're doing just like the regular in town taxi driving. Yeah, and the street racing on the okay on the yeah. main streets. I act like I actually think that the regular taxi driving is super interesting because I don't think I have ever seen a driving minigame where the objective is like drive slowly and safely and follow all of the traffic rules. Right. Yeah. Be responsible, please. Be a responsible driver. Don't brake too hard. The passenger won't like that. Like, that's really I, I, I can't think of any other game that's like that. 
Yeah, I don't know. There, I feel like they're happy. I'm sure all those simulation games are like you know how there's like Farming Simulator and yeah, that's all true. Of that stuff. There's probably one of them that you can like the that you're supposed to play it like that. But it's it's really goofy and in a game like Yakuza, especially. Yeah, because yeah, that just so feels like, very wrong. It's so surprisingly low octane in a game where everything is like over the top explosions and everything. <laughs> and here it is just like, no, go. No, no, you have to obey the speed limit and make sure you stop at this red light. Stay in the turn lane. Put your turn signal on. <laughs> you know, come to a come to a gradual stop so that your passenger is not uncomfortable. And also, while you're focusing on all that, make sure you're like paying attention and listening to what they're saying so you can engage them in conversation. Yeah, and you better do it quick because they'll get upset. Yeah, they'd be like, "Why are you? Why are you ignoring me?" Bad service, minus three points. I I think the worst mission was one where you had to tail somebody, and you also had to you know so you didn't have to pay attention that much to traffic signs, but there's people crossing the road constantly at these two <laughs> two stop signs, so I could never like it took me like three or maybe like six tries or something because. Every time I would get there, I would stop at the stop sign, start honking my horn, hoping they'd get out of the way. They never got out of the way. And then it was like, oh, the person got too far away. It's like, I can't get past them. I can't run these people over. And even <laughs> if I try, it doesn't let me. Yeah. <laughs> Very upsetting. But those same people can get thrown into the ocean later if you want. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, obviously I won't say much about Yakuza 5, but I, I liked it better than 3 or 4 by a lot. You can kind of feel it starting to become zero. Uh, yeah, I can, um, I can see that. Yeah, it's 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 a more it's a more similar like engine to what they used for zero. So it's starting to have some of those like more modern conveniences in the combat and the side stories are a little bit more interesting. Yeah, um, so far, the side stories have been fun. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I like the side stories in every single yeah, even in three. Like I like, I mean, I liked three because I liked being in charge of the the orphanage. It seems so wrong, and it was perfect. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's apparently so. I don't know if we've talked about this before. I'm sure we have, but like the the big directorial shift from uh, Yakuza two to Yakuza three, where they wanted like originally the idea be behind Kiryu is that he's kind of just an asshole gangster. Yeah. Like tough guy. And then by three, like different people took over and were like, he's really not likable. We should do something to make him more likable. He has well, to take care of orphans now. Especially in especially in the PS2 version, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> he he's uh, uh, the the seeing some of those cutscenes are hilarious because of how they're I mean, that's, of course, the English. Well, sure, English but... editing for it. And I have no idea what it really sounds like. Um, but, but like the, the energy is still there, right? Yeah. Even like in some of his actions and the way he reacts to things. I mean, like he slaps Haruka in the face in one. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Like she's like eight years old and her mother was just killed in front of her. <laughs> he just and he's like, no, shut her. up. Yeah, Stop it's crying. It's too much. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about that. So, yeah, no, he like they have to put him in a position to be like, OK, well, I'm I'm retired and I'm taking care of these children's and these children's and uh, and 
picking up from where my uh, where my own Oyaji left off. <laughs> yeah. Which is, you know, which is cool. It's a, it's a good arc for him. But it's, Yakuza 3 is still, like, my least favorite of yeah, all of them. Yeah, yeah, I know. But, I mean, there's, it's still good. Well, it's still fun, right? It's still Yakuza yeah. at the end of the day. But, yeah, 5 gets into, like, I feel like you're kind of a bit in the doldrums with 3 and 4. You know, they're a little bit older. The, the mechanics haven't aged as well. I don't think the stories are quite as captivating. I found um, four to be the least interesting one so far, if I remember. It's been a long time since I played it, but that was the one that I I cared about the least overall. It's it's weird in the way it tries to like weave all the stories together, and it does so by introducing a bunch of characters that it doesn't do a good job of making you care about. Yeah, that's actually the thing I'm I'm least excited about for five is uh, having to to like p- not play as Kiryu because I imagine that's how this is set up. Because because I know yeah, I, you, I know you do I get switch to like, around characters, yeah, and and that's that's the my least favorite aspect of both four and I imagine five. And I will be honest with you, um, there are parts of five that I really really didn't like. Yeah, um, you can mostly go by them pretty quickly, but like straight up, like there is a. You know how sometimes Yakuza will throw a mini game in front of you and force you to interact with it on the main storyline? Yeah, sure. There's a couple of those in five that are some of the worst ones. And they <laughs> really? make you spend longer in it than they really should. And they're just not mm-hmm. fun. But then you get past them and it's like, okay, your actual like now that we're out of this, your actual character section is really nice. Um, like, five yeah. has actually some of my favorite cities. Yeah, that's true. It's it's like nice maps. that it's not just Kamarocho. Yeah. Like the um oh, I forget where where Kiryu is to start. Uh, he's in uh, re, uh Why can't I think of the name? I'm playing it right now. Um, I did like I know where it is. It's like the city that's like between Tokyo and Osaka. Yeah. Uh looking at a map. I'm not yes. letting this I'm not letting this go. It's funny because they don't really talk about the city very much. It's just the region. Right. It is... I feel like we could also just look up Yakuza 5 cities. I mean, yeah, that's true. That's probably a lot easier. Oh, Nagasugai? No. No, that's the... That's the region, I think. That's the re- Yeah, 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 yeah. Um... Oh, this is, this is outstanding podcast content. Uh-huh. I mean, it's 100%. what you're here for. Amazing. It's absolutely what you're here for. What the hell? I'm, I'm looking at the... No, I don't need a summary. I just want to know what... I can't... I'm looking at a map because I'm like, I know roughly where it is. Why can't I find it? Oh, <laughs> Nagoya. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep, he's in Nagoya. It. Yep. Okay. Whew. Did it. <laughs> Jesus. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I think that map is actually really nice. Uh, the one that, um, I guess, mild spoilers, but, like, you've already met him. Uh, Saijima. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like where he is. I know he's off in the in the wilderness or something like that. Yeah, it's... He had, like, his is the part where, like, the early bit is really, really, really rough. But then once you get to, like, his main sort of open area, it's actually really nice. And I okay, like it all. Cool. It has some of my favorite bits in the game by far. 
Um, overall, I think in five, Kiryu's bit is the best one, which that's unfortunately the means the, it's all downhill from this section. That's that's that was my fear, honestly. But there's you know, there's cool bits. There's some rough bits, but there's some cool bits. Did you ever play like the uh, like darts and billiards and stuff? A little bit. I, I played more darts than billiards. I actually think that um, fresh off of us podcasting side pocket, uh, Yakuza billiards kind of sucks. Yeah, it's 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 not good. I, I was playing darts and darts. Darts is kind of it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's not bad. Playing the playing the advanced difficulty AI is not as fun because it's like, oh, we'll just get triples every time. And I thought I was doing pretty well because I was completely destroying intermediate and beginner. Yeah. <laughs> that was like, oh, mm. It, mm. it gets a lot easier if you have uh, like the really good um, you get the really good darts that are like, oh, more it makes a difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. There's less like there's less wobbling in your aim. Really? So it's a lot easier to keep your to keep your throw like straight oh. without having to like because I know there's like the whole like, you know, wobbly cursor and you kind of have to like you kind of have to like guess the timing when it's yeah. going to be like where you want it to be with the higher level darts. It's like basically just still. Oh, that's really cool. How, how do you get better darts? What do you do? It depends on the game. I don't remember how it is in five. Yeah, it could be. It could be something you buy in the pawn shop or something you get out of a out of a crane game or from a side story or or just like beating some random person or at beating it. some random person. I really don't know. Yeah, but it's always it's always something like that. But the, so, the you know who does a track in uh, you know who does a track in in Yakuza Five actually oh, who? is uh, Hideki Naganuma. <laughs> Which song? Uh, it's it's one of the battle themes from like one of the later characters. Oh, that's awesome! And it shows up like it's specifically the battle theme for when you're doing like a side story related battle. Oh, really? So you, you only hear it like two or three times, but it's really catchy. Oh, man. And the reason I bring that up is because Bomb Rush Cyberfunk is out, and that game has every bit of the style you wanted from a Jet Set Radio successor. Um, The gameplay is still basically as fun and as jank as you remember from the Dreamcast. And if you've been really wanting a sequel to Jet Set Radio Future, it's here. Yeah, it's great. You found it. I I, I haven't finished yet, but I had a lot of fun playing what I did. I read a couple of reviews and it was funny because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I hope Sega makes a, a sequel to Jet Set Radio. And it's I'm, I'm, I, I was just thinking while reading it isn't that th- this is it. It's just not by Sega. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but I guess it doesn't like some people for some people. It's the name, right? It doesn't matter yeah. that uh, it doesn't matter if it's basically the same thing. It's not it's not the name is not by the original company. So it's not it's not a it doesn't count. Yeah, it's like it's like um the thing I always think about is um, when Guitar Hero came out mm-hmm. and Guitar Hero got really, really big. But then there was a split between Harmonix and Red Octane. Yeah. And Red Octane and more importantly, Activision kept the uh, kept the the brand name Guitar Hero. Yes. And kept making them. And then Harmonix, who were the actual progenitors of the idea. We're like, okay, we're just going to keep making them, but we'll call it Rock Band now. Right. Um, 
And then everyone like, and people straight up were like, oh, Rock Band just copied the idea. <laughs> and it's like, it's literally the people who invented the idea. They just got like copyright shafted. Well, then I would say Rock Band ended up being maybe more popular for a while because it added the extra instruments and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it at least prompted Guitar Hero to do the same thing, where it's like, okay, now we have drums and a microphone, too. <laughs> yeah. And then then suddenly, and it was right around there where everyone was like, oh, yeah, we don't want this anymore. Yeah, it's like, this is taking up too much space in my house, and we need to get rid of it. This was fun, but now, now I have to have the house to store it, as opposed to just leaving it in my room or my, you know, the And then all room. of the local used game stores, like, took massive losses because they took like millions and millions of dollars <laughs> in used plastic instruments that nobody was buying. Absolutely nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> like nobody. Yeah, I liked, I had Guitar Hero, maybe Guitar Hero 2, I don't know. And then after that, I kind of lost interest. I'll tell you what killed it for me is that I, I know people wanted it, but I don't want to play a rhythm game for seven minutes, like one song. Oh, like, yeah. Some of those longer tracks were rough. It's not fun to me. Like, the I, the reason I love DDR is that, for the most part, most of the tunes are between, like, a minute and a half to two and a half minutes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you, you do it and you're done, and then you move on to the next song. That's fun. I don't... I have no interest in playing the same song for... Well, and what's weird is that I play the same song multiple times. Right. But playing one song for seven minutes or five minutes or anything, anything basically over two and a half minutes is where I'm kind of like, eh, all right. I want to I wanna finish this one and move on to the next one or... or yeah. Hit the part in the song that was fun again or whatever it is. I don't know. Well, because it's iterative, right? You want to like finish and then start fresh. Yeah. And then you then like have shorter bursts of action so you can kind of like take time to like improve and perfect it. Yeah, because if because if and you're doing well, like you don't want to necessarily like play through a three and a half minute guitar solo that kind of like does the same things over or you know what you don't want to yep, do is you don't want to be playing bass during the three and a half minute guitar solo <laughs> where you are playing the same like four bars for three minutes yeah no that's not fun and that's what a lot of like later guitar hero songs devolved into yeah i, I mean like, I oh, like... all right, we got we got the original full version of this like you know opera yeah what is the meatloaf song that's like 14 minutes long yeah i can't say that's what i was trying to think of too i cannot think of it i don't know i'm not looking it up we're not doing that again it doesn't, have, I, I don't care nearly as much about that we, we can't have two lookup sessions in yeah the it's in the first like 25 minutes <laughs> so you know uh armored court came out also oh yeah have you played it no I I, I've, I've been I was going to buy it. I was pretty sure I was going to buy it. And then I was kind of like, ah, man, OK, if I buy this, I haven't finished Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Uh, mm -hmm. Then Sea of Stars comes out next week. Sure and does. Since I have PlayStation Plus or whatever, it's it's part of that. I already own it because I backed it on Kickstarter like five years ago or whenever. Yeah. So that's coming out. And then then there's then there's also Starfield. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm buying Starfield or if I'm buying Armored Core Six. I was like, I don't. Ah. And then it did the thing where the 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 day passed, the launch day passed, oh, yeah. and I was, and then I was thinking, hmm, eh, eh, it's eh. out, and I don't, and I and I don't like really, really want to play it right now. So I guess I'll forget about it forever. <laughs> right. So maybe I'll play Armored Core Six on a sale someday, 
in the future. I'm very interested in Armored Core 6, but I'm currently mired in uh, From Software's last epic adventure, so um, I, I'm going to wait on that for now. Makes sense. Yeah, this is way different. But oh, I know. I know what you I, mean. I, like, I don't expect it to be... I've never played an Armored Core game, so I don't really know what to expect. I don't imagine it's going to just be, you know, mech souls. My understanding just is because that it's they, not Just because all. they have made a lot of money with Dark Souls doesn't mean that they're going to make every game that. Yeah. Yeah, no, from what I saw, it looks like it plays more or less like previous Armored Core games. Yeah. Which seems cool. It seems fine. Um, And I'm, I'm really interested in it, and I hope it's really good, and I'll probably play it sometime. I just, you know, I have to... I have to prioritize. So, like, Sea of Stars is a lot harder for me to pass on because... That comes from Sabotage Studio, and they made The Messenger, and The Messenger is, like, absurdly good and especially shines in the writing. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious about how that translates to a writing-intensive game. Um, So I I really, really want to play that. Starfield is an easy pass for me. Oh, yeah, I know that. But, I I mean, that's just, that's me. You would. I know you're not playing. I mean, you didn't like Skyrim or Fallout that much, so yeah. In the, in the same way that I'm kind of like a mark for uh, any time that like RGG Studio puts something out, or to some extent like FromSoft is like I'm always going to be probably interested in that. Um, or like what else? Um, there's a few studios where it's like they're putting something out. I'm on it. And similarly, Bethesda is like I. Whatever you've got, I probably don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that being said, like, you know, they blew me away with Hi-Fi Rush, so. Oh, that's true, yeah. You don't think of that as being a Bethesda game, but, like, it was Tango Gameworks, so. How do you go well, from Evil Within to Hi-Fi Rush, though? <laughs> and do it that well. <laughs> Wild. Did people like Evil Within? Eh, sort of. I mean, like, the, the, the thing that I heard the most it feels like is like it's high like evil within is definitely like you can feel the resident evil inspirations you can feel that it's like the original creator of resident evil trying to do his own thing it is kind of good but it kind of falls apart in some spots so like it's a little good it's a little bad Mm, yeah I, i don't think there's like an overwhelming uh I don't think there's any, like, overwhelmingly one-sided opinion on it. I think it's generally considered, like, okay. Yeah, if, if you like that style of game, you'll probably be, you'll probably enjoy it enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's essentially it. Yeah, you know what? I never actually played The Messenger. Oh, you should play The Messenger. Like, I, I don't like to do that to people and be like, oh, this game that I like is something that you need to play right now, but, like... Yeah, considering, like, the caliber of games... Like, you like Ninja Gaiden, right? Yeah, I mean, I like... I know I would like it. I just never bothered to play it. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm very intimately familiar with this feeling. Of, like, oh, yeah, no. When I play that, I 100% know that I will like it. It's just I just haven't. Just life. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Someday I will. That day's not today. Well, and I want to... I, I do want to play Sea of Stars because I played the demo for a little bit just to try it out, just to see what the see what it felt like, even though I knew I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. And I turned the demo off after maybe 10 minutes because like, no, I don't want to play this right now. 
Uh, I just want to wait. Yeah. I just I just want to see it as it comes out because it was so it's so pretty. Yeah. Like, and it was just a it was a. I don't know how they described the demo, but it didn't ha- didn't have anything that carried over, which is nice because that's that mm. was a, that's a weird trend that was going on with Square's RPGs. I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, where you can play it in the demo and then have it carry over to the main game. But for me, that felt it felt weird. Like it just felt bad. Like when well, it when I played joints your experience, right? That's yeah. I guess that's what I mean. Because I didn't do that with Octopath Traveler. I, I played the demo for a bit, but then I just was like, no, 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 no. I, I turned it off and pretended like that didn't happen. So when I did actually play Octopath Traveler, it was fresh. I do kind of understand it, though. Like, I understand both sides of it. I don't really play demos when they come out at all anymore. Because A, like, A, I don't get, like, super hype about releases to the point where like I gotta play it on day one I'm so excited like that very rarely happens yeah and even even games like like uh, Judgment or Like a Dragon like that I'm really excited about there's like oh you get do this you pre-order it and you can play it like three days early I'm like I'll just wait till it's like proper out I don't like three days early doesn't mean anything to me I don't care yeah um but I do understand, like, especially for an RPG where you pour a lot of, like, time and thought into it, if you if you get to that, like, day one and you've put, you know, five, ten hours of it into it and you're like, wow, this is really good. I want to buy this game. But I don't want to do all of this stuff again. Oh, no, it makes perfect sense why they're doing it. It's just not for me. Yeah, that, that's that's all I meant. Yeah, it, I, I did it for so with uh, I agree, but for like, I think slightly different reasons but like it brings us to the same conclusion yeah uh, i mean i don't i i don't think there's a problem with it i don't think it shouldn't shouldn't not happen yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, but i'm also i very rarely will play a demo for more than 15 or 20 minutes even if it gives me the option to play for more right just because that's it was more just because i'm excited or like when like the final fantasy 7 um uh, re-release or remaster, whatever I forget what they're. What's the what are they calling? What's the first one called? Or just remake? Um, <coughs> I think it's just remake. Yeah, and then the uh, second one is what rebirth. Yeah, rebirth, and then yeah, and so when that came out, I definitely played the that what was available because like oh yeah, I'm playing this for twenty minutes, then turning it off because I was so excited about it. And I, I used it for uh, uh, Theater Rhythm on the Switch because they let you play something like maybe, oh, yeah, maybe sure. 15 songs or 20 songs. So I played those. I probably played the demo for eight hours on that <laughs> or something stupid. Yeah. And and so I, I understand. I'm, I'm, it's not a complaint that it exists. It's just was one of those. It's it's definitely I don't want to play an RPG in yeah, that way. You, you approach it from a particular, you know. You approach it in a particular way, and like this doesn't. The way that those demos hit does it just not the way you want to engage with it. Yeah, and it was it was it was exciting to download and exciting to load it up, and then I was like, oh man, I can't wait to play this. I'm turning the demo off. Yep, <laughs> that's how yep. the Sea of Stars demo went. So it's weird. There's a uh, there's a there's a version of this that is that I feel is different. Because I don't really play demos, but I will play the hell out of something in early access. Oh, yeah. Because I feel that's different. That's like, oh, it's more or less like kind of complete for like a couple of stages. So you can play this and have a more or less like full experience, but we'll add more to it later. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, cool, I'll play it like this and think of it as if this is the this is the full game. And then when more stuff gets added to it, I'll be like, hey, cool, more stuff. I'll totally play this when it when it gets added. And then I don't. <laughs> yeah. Totally, absolutely don't. <laughs> I did it with Hades. I played like easily over 100 hours of of Hades. And then like by the time it hit full release and everyone else actually started paying attention to it and it started blowing up and being everyone's game of the year, I was like, I'm done with it. Yeah, now you have to wait for Hades 2. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure that will be one of the ones that you get excited about. Yeah, I probably will. I don't know if I they're going to do that one in early access, though. Like, I feel like they don't need to. I feel like they made oh, bank no, I with, just, the, with Hades 1. I just mean a, I just mean as a release game in general. Oh, no, I know. I'm just I'm I'm not saying that you suggested that. I'm just wondering. Oh, oh. Yeah, I, I think they said they, I think they said mm, I want to say I read that they weren't doing that for some reason. Like maybe I didn't, but I, I could have sworn they said something. That oh, maybe it was just about right, Kickstarter or I, yeah, whatever. I don't like, know. Uh, I don't know. This is a, this is the weirdest. <laughs> I'm just looking through my email. Like, let's take a break. I just yep. looked at my email and I have a, I have a sponsorship offer from Ebony, the King's return. And I, I, I just, I just laughed. I don't even know what that is. Yes, you do. I'll show you <laughs> after this, break. after the break, the yeah. ads that you think you're getting. Yes. Or something. So there are so many deceptive mobile game ads that just show you a game that is in no way representative of the actual game that they're trying to sell you. Yeah. That someone took all of those games and in like created all of them and then bundled them all together for $10 into a single game on steam called, and I quote, this is the full title. Yeah. You want those games, right? So here you go. Now let's see you clear them. <laughs> that is the that is the full game title. And like, now let's see you clear them. End quote. That sounds so, so good. That's a so, great like, idea. There is like there are certain like archetypes of games that mobile game ads will sort of try to entice you with where it's like, oh yeah, you could start to do this. And then, oh no, they messed it up. You can do it now. And then you go play it and it's like, oh, that's actually not what the game is. The game is just like tapping on things on a grid and building your Farmville stuff and then waiting <laughs> or more likely paying money to not have to wait. <laughs> yeah. The, only, the, the, the real way to play. But so yeah, there's the water. like there's the like match the colors in the test tubes and then there's the like you know there's the like add the numbers up in the boxes and pick the pick a number that's lower than yours and then it gets added to your score so you keep going up these this sort of staircase like picking the right number but then like they always show like in the ad, they always show someone messing up where it's like, oh, I have 12, so I will go attack the 40. And then they just <laughs> die. And it it it, it incites <laughs> this rage within you that makes you want to go like, you're stupid. That's stupid. It's so obvious. Look, I can do it. But that's what they want. 
<laughs> like that's that's what they're trying to get out of you. Yeah, I genuinely didn't know that they that the Ebony game that that wasn't what it was. Yeah, that's, that it's not like pulling pins to like solve a trap or whatever. Yeah, that's a hundred percent what I thought it would have been. Yeah, no, it's just it's it's just like budget Age of Empires. Yeah, it's wild. And I think in I think what it is, is in some of these games, not all of them, some of them are just lies, but some of them will put like a really inconsequential mini game in them that does actually look like this. Yeah. But then only show you that, which is slightly less deceptive, but still like (laughs) it would be like, okay, a few weeks ago, we talked about how my first uh, my first experience with Crash Bandicoot was playing it. Like, as Nathan Drake playing it with his daughter on the couch in Uncharted 4. (laughs) But you actually, like, are actually playing Crash Bandicoot, but then it's, like, with commentary from, you know, Nolan North. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It It's cool, but, like, what if Uncharted 4 came out and all of the ads were just showing Crash Bandicoot? It's like, yeah, okay, technically that's in the game, but it's such an inconsequentially small part of the game that this is like advertising malpractice to make people think that this is what the game actually is. Yeah, absolutely. So that's what this is, basically. And like, again, that's in some cases where it's slightly less deceptive. In other cases, that game just doesn't exist at all, and it's all lies. (laughs) Yeah, right. I can't believe it. I, I really thought that there was a mobile game where you just pull pins out to solve puzzles. Well, now there is. Uh, but actually, someone I, had to, like, go out and make it, like, as a custom thing because, like, they didn't actually design that game. They What they actually designed. Was, so anyway, I'm not doing the Ebony sponsorship because that's stupid. Is it, that's if, the that's the the moral of the story here. Yeah, there's no spiky haired character in the ad so right Whatever. so anyway yeah uh, uh cloud versus zach i guess oh yeah we never talked about what we were going to do because i had said cloud versus cloud and then you said cloud versus zach uh cloud Which versus zach really is like the same thing honestly sort of cloud wins i don't know but which cloud remake Any cloud or, or seven cloud oh no you said cloud versus zach i was saying so cloud all right, cool. so we so let's make it like a let's make it like a twofer. Like, okay, so cloud wins. Uh, yes. Cl- now let's do cloud versus cloud. Hmm. Which cloud advances? Let's see. Let's look. Let's look at some cloud FF seven art. Just, just you know, the old school classic here. There you go. And then cloud FF seven remake art. Cue the music, by the way. Oh yeah, please. I mean, I'm the one who has to do it, so, like, I'm just reminding myself. There you go. Basically the same pose. That's that's actually really good, because, like, my image of, like, original FF7 Cloud is, like, the the brick polygons. (laughs) No, I was going for the art look. (laughs) So, like, I'm glad... No, I'm glad you posted (laughs) the art, because that actually, like, makes it a real match. Because I'm like, oh, damn, actually, like, Nomura's original FF7 cloud art is super good. It's really good, especially when you think about what became of his character designs later. (laughs) Some of his characters later are kind of a mess. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, this is, 
considering this is a Tetsuya Nomura original design, this is like downright understated. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's it, like a, it's extremely under. Like, it, okay, big sword, but only, like his actual outfit is very normal. The only, the only thing that comes through that's Nomura of today is this, the the extreme hair. But that's yeah, you know, sure. that's not that's not even really that's not anywhere near as out of place in anime as it would be in other art styles. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, especially for, like, the late 90s, it's, like, it's right in place. Yeah. Uh, and, and, but a giant sword. That's the only real, like, huh. And I suppose the fact that he might be wearing machinery as bracelets. But that was just kind of like, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, you know, FF7 has a sort of steampunky kind of atmosphere to it. So that's not even really out of place for the, for the environment. I mean, he, okay, yeah, he might have some mechanical bracelets, but his partner has a literal gun arm, so... <laughs> but it's it's so cool. No, I, like, I'm just saying, like, it's not out of place. And he, it's not even, like, the most the... extreme mechanized version of something that a character has. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, like, I, you know, I was prepared to be like, listen, remake, remake Cloud, I know it's not fair, but, like, you know, improved look, he's sexy... Like he got, he's got to go. But this, this original, the original look, the original like art look is really freaking iconic. It is. I mean, that's that that's sort of when my memory goes to the artwork. That's the first thing I think of is that not not new cloud. So it's sort of a. I mean, we're just going with what we like best, and. That's I mean, I probably... still kind of think of like you know polygon brick cloud jumping off the train. Oh, oh, no, but I mean, if I'm thinking just of Cloud as a character, right? Because no, although I, know. I think of I'm like, them... I'm saying, like, that's what I think of. That's the first image that pops into my head is, uh, is okay. like, his actual in-game FF7, um, like, sprite, I guess. Yeah, I'd probably think of the, either the artwork like this or the FMV version of him in 7. Yeah, that's probably fair, too. I, I You know what? Let's go with the OG. Yeah. Speaking of... <laughs> oh, some I th- fan some fan art. <laughs> I think I know the exact person who drew this. Oh, really? <laughs> this looks like a Sakimi chan. I have no idea. It, I just searched Cloud, and that's what this is what popped up. She she does very very spicy uh, fan art that is very ah. high quality and has a distinctive look that is this, this basically. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to go with OG Cloud. At yeah, least until at least until you know, once all three games are done, we can revisit the question. <laughs> maybe, 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 you know, my my feelings will have changed once I get whatever wh- whatever direction they're going with new Cloud. Yeah, because it's not even the same Cloud, probably. Or at least there's two different clouds in existence because Sephiroth knows about it. There being two different timelines. Yep, called it. I literally found an alt of that exact image. Oh, yeah. Where his, his clothes aren't ripped and it's actually signed by her. Ah, how or like, about that? you know, marked, which yeah, appears yeah. to have been cropped out of the previous image. So that's not that's not great, but it's fine. Yeah, well, this one was I don't know. It was just a Google search thing. So yeah, it could have just been like a preview it's not your it. fault. It's whoever put it on Google and, and cropped her signature out of it. Rude. Yeah. It's impressive. You knew who it was, though. I, I'm, I'm 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 familiar with her art. This, uh, is, fr- this is probably about as safe for work as it gets. 
So if you, if you go actually search for Sakimi-chan yourself, make sure you're 18 plus because it gets spicy. <laughs> were, were you familiar with the, the roller games uh, NES Classic. I can't even tell you how unfamiliar I was with roller games. It was. I don't, well, so how did you we didn't even talk about it all. How did you end up coming? All right, about so it? from time to time, you ever just like <clears throat> maybe you don't. Sometimes I'm just on my phone and I'm just scrolling through and I got like a Google News feed or whatever. And I'll just kind of like it's got a pretty good idea of what I pay attention to. So I get, you know, trashy like video game listicles of like top 10 best Sega Saturn games of all time and you know whatever and most of them are trash most of them are like really really bad I I used to look at those and I was like all these lists are they're just so bad yeah they're (laughs) like they're predominantly garbage but I did see one that was like um it was like top 15 most obscure NES games that you need to play. And I was like, okay, sure. Like, you know, even putting aside like, okay, so we've got like the Cuso Grande stuff. So I'm familiar with, with like really obscure stuff from there. Um, there's just like my general like childhood and interests of just messing with uh, messing with obscure games there. Then there's the podcast where we just regularly dig up stuff to play. Yeah. Like, you know, so like gimmick was on that list, right? Oh, and that's okay, like that's a fairly a obscure game that is worth playing. I, so, yeah, that's, that's a good, I mean, that's, that's a, that's, that would be one that is worthy of being on a list like that for sure. So I see it and I'm like, okay, on one hand, um, like on one hand with it, it's like, I, if it's a good article, we might find something good for the podcast. If it's a bad article, then I get to sit here and feel all high and mighty and be like, try me. Yeah. Obscure. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Nobody's ever heard of like double dragon three. That wasn't yeah, on the list. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> no, it actually ended up, and I'm going to have to, like, I've since lost the link to it, but I'm going to have to dig it back up because it actually was fairly impressive because I want to say there were, there were like 15 games on there. I want to say that I was not familiar with like 10 to 12 of them, like at all. Wow. Like even to the point where it's like, I, I'm talking about like, I have never heard the name of this before and don't really know what I'm looking at. I haven't seen a screenshot of it. This is not familiar to me in any way. And I didn't even know, honestly, that there were like 10 to 15 NES games that I hadn't heard of at all. And they were weren't they, even all like imports. That's what I was going to say. That that That's like because to I am sure that there is a bunch of games from Japan that we've never heard of. Right. Yeah, for sure. That, that doesn't you start digging me. into like the Famicom disc system and stuff like, yeah, there's a huge blind spot there. Yeah. Man, but when it yeah. comes to stuff that actually came here, like I'm pretty well versed in some weirdly niche things. Yeah. And especially the ones that are actually good. <laughs> and from a company that you enjoy from that era. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, Konami. Konami. Ultra Games, like they put the Ultra Games moniker on it, but then they throw Konami 
all over it. So what is even the point? I don't know. Uh, for those who are uninitiated, uh, Nintendo used to have policies on how many uh, games a single publisher could put on the NES per year. So to circumvent that, larger uh, publishers like Konami and Capcom made like secondary shell companies who could, uh, I think the I think the upper limit was like five. It's five or year. ten, yeah. Um, so to circumvent that, they would just make shell companies that would produce them under their names, but it would still ultimately be a Konami game. So for Konami, it was Ultra Games. Yeah, like the Turtles games were under that label. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Speaking of, that's how I knew this was Konami, because you linked me a video and I jumped to like, I don't know, 10 minutes into it. And I was like, this sounds like Turtles music. This is a Konami game. <laughs> yeah, so I saw a lot of I saw a lot of stuff on that uh, article that was like, eh, it's, okay, I haven't heard of that, but it doesn't really seem like my speed. Yeah, lots of, there's lots of like slower, like RPG style things. And I mean like classic RPG, like Dungeons and Dragons style things oh, and yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah. yeah that's kind of cool that that exists i probably won't play that and then i saw roller games and i was like this looks fun and i feel like tom would love it <laughs> like just like not knowing anything else about it but just like a one paragraph description and like a screenshot or two yeah was and i was like self. hey hey look at roller skating beat em up that that controls well it does control well. <laughs> the game, the game really does deserve more, more recognition. And it's, it's like, here's the thing: like it controls well, and like I was prepared for the, I, I was prepared for the the roller skating mechanics to be kind of whatever. Like it's just you're moving, right? You're basically running. Yeah. Like, the fact that you're on roller skates is basically window dressing. From a mechanical standpoint, it's basically just you're running. Yeah, like you're going to stop and start in the same way that you would if you were just moving. Right. Yeah, super not. Definitely not. Like, momentum matters. You have to, like, actually get up to speed with acceleration, which matters a ton for jumps. Uh, you can't stop and turn around on a dime. You actually have to make, like, a small circle. And then they, <laughs> like a little U-turn to go like back around the other way. And and they have they have they have platforming segments that are Boy do they. Oh, oh man. Some of them are downright terrible. <laughs> like, just because they're difficult. I mean the game gives you unlimited continues, so it's incredibly fair. Yeah. In that in that sense. Yeah, it's, absolutely. it's and it's nowhere near as hard as uh, you know, like Ninja Gaiden or something. Um it's difficult it is and it takes patience it does take patience uh so i gave up playing it myself when i got to the jungle i was like i'm good and i just kind of sifted through the the last 10 minutes of the game um in a video or something or seven or however i think that that's fair because that was that was where the 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 thrill of playing the game kind of wore out Mm -hmm. and i was like oh now i'd now i'd have to uh actually like learn how to play this better than just have just <laughs> once dig you around hit the get good wall you're like nah yeah it's not like, worth that much to me uh, <laughs> but but the whole time i was playing it all i could think was man if myself or one of my friends or someone that i knew owned this game when the nes was you know a system people had hooked up to their television this would have been one that i would not stop talking about i bet yeah yeah like oh you got to play roller games yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, this is like this is the ultimate like, dude, check this out. Yeah, it's so cool. It's really, really fun to have a roller skate. And it even has physics to the to the like there, there's some slanty platforms and stuff and mm-hmm. jumping off of the slanty platform. It feels so weird at first and then it feels good once you kind of understand how it works. It's there are three different characters that actually have different mechanics to them. You got you got Icebox from the Thunderbirds. Yep. Uh, the T-Birds. Yeah, but I believe that's Thunderbirds. No, it definitely is, but oh, it's really yes, T-Birds. Yes, yes. Sorry, I'm sorry, being pedantic and wrong. Uh, and then there's 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 Rolling Thunder. Yep. From Hot Flash. Mm-hmm. And California Kid from the Rockers. Yeah, so the T-Birds are terrible. Um, T-Birds. He's just a he's just a big chunky guy. He's a like okay, I loved using him because he is a big chunk. He's so slow, but like I thought it was gonna matter. I was so excited to fight somebody with him. I was like, oh, this is just worse. Yeah, it's like so it's supposed to be, I think, that you have the big slow chonky guy who is stronger and better in combat. Yeah, so he like takes things out in less hits or something. Yeah. And then the and then the girl is like super fast. Rolling Thunder is super fast and very, very pink. God. And there's sometimes where her speed makes it more difficult because she really does jump farther. And but sometimes she makes it easier. But sometimes. Yeah, because the, there was one the the ending that I watched the factory stage. They, they used her and they were jumping over entire yep. conveyor belts. Like, that's, yep, that's literally how I got through that. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was trying with like the middle tier guy who's like balanced. He's like slower, yeah, but not as slow as the big chonky guy. <laughs> and I had to make every jump. And then I started using a uh, hot flash and with, with hot flash, I was just like, Oh yeah, just, just skip platforms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things where this game really, really shines is like, it kind of encourages you and designs itself around you mostly staying at top speed. Absolutely, because it's not even randomized enemies. Yeah, it's very deterministic. Which is awesome. I feel like the speedrun of this has got to be cool. I I talked about it a little bit at the end of the stream yesterday. It is apparently 13 minutes. Perfect. So, like, yeah, I bet that is... Considering that probably four or five minutes of that is unskippable auto-scrollers. But, but... That's got to be super optimized. I was not upset at the auto scroller. No, they're they were fun, particularly the last one in which <laughs> you get to the end of it and then get blindsided by a truck and die instantly. It just frames you over. It's it like I was super <laughs> mad and then I was like, ah, I like that was it's you get one. You get one good. I want to be the guy moment. Right. And that was a really, really good one. Where it's like, okay, I'm in a big open area. I've made it truck dead. It was one of my favorite moments. That's around the time where I stopped because after that stage is then the jungle stage. And and everything there's it's already difficult and there is a severe difficulty spike at that exact moment. Yeah. And I was like, well, I could use save states and rewind or not rewinding, but I could like save state after a tricky part and then keep going from there. But like, yeah, I'm good. I'm happy. I, I, I liked I liked this game a lot that I would recommend somebody to play it. Yeah. With, without even finishing it myself. And I, hell, even just the first stage was cool. Like booting it up and just playing the first stage. I was like, this is awesome. Oh, and the music absolutely bumps. Oh, the God, the music is really good. It's real good. The whole time, every stage. Yep. But the, the first the, one particularly slaps. 
Yeah, they, they really, they nailed. I, they, like that first one gets you excited to play. Yeah, I cannot believe that I've not heard of this video game is how good, how, how much fun it was to play. That's one of the weirdest things to me is like, this is the type of game given the people that I, given the people that I associate with and the types of stuff that I do on a regular basis. And like, I play a ton of NES games all the time. Yeah. How did I not know about this one specifically? Like, this is the type of game that I would find out about. And I guess eventually I did. But like, I feel like I should have known about this years ago. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm surprised that there weren't those lists that are like, hey, you should definitely check this out. Yeah, and I've then, read a bunch of those lists before. And I've <laughs> never seen roller games on any of them. No. I, I, I assume that you looked through the, the manual. I OK, so a couple of things happened. I did not personally look through the manual. However, in the article that I read, there were several excerpts from it. And also Ellipsis was in chat. Um, yes, telling yes. me the names of enemies as we were playing. <laughs> yeah, like like the bird of parasites. Yes. <laughs> and I believe there were just like spikes in the game that were just regular spikes, but they were called like like poisonous needle flowers yeah, or something. No, no, yeah, venomous needle points. No, venomous needle points. Yes, thank you. <laughs> there, there's so many like the the. I thought it was just water coming out of in the sewer level. I thought there was just kind of water gushing out of a pipe. Sure, that, that been... seems right. No, it's radon sludge juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's... Of course. <laughs> what else would it be? Why would it not be radon sludge juice? <laughs> and, like the steel barrels that roll down the the ramps and stuff. Uh huh. They're, they're called the can can. Hey, that's great. Yeah. No, I love that though. That's good. <laughs> And they have a little description for it, and it's just, it's broken bones for those hit by a rolling can-can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's, it's so that they name, like, the spikes and stuff, but they also name the jump platform, but it's just called jump platform. Yep. <laughs> I, I I appreciate there were also, like, descriptions of what the stages were. And yeah, yeah. both of the auto-scrollers' descriptions were like, this is an auto-scroller stage. <laughs> and then the second one's like, this is also an auto-scroller stage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you know? So the the story of this was that the the terrorist underground criminal organization Viper. Wait, back up a second. Yes. Because before we get into that, I want to talk a little bit more about the TV show that this is based on. Oh, yeah, this will tie into. I feel like this is where it will be good because. Yes. Uh, yeah, because I, I like we talked a little bit about it in the first half where this is basically just like, you know, WWF storylines of like, you know, you've got the good teams and the bad teams, basically the faces and the heels essentially doing professional wrestling on roller skates. Well, so here's the thing. Before you talk about it, the reason that's important is that Viper has infiltrated roller games, the most popular sport of the 21st century. And so. You know, mm -hmm. now now it would we really have to talk about it because it is the most popular sport of the 21st century. So, like in the show, you're just doing storylines between like the different. You know, they're, yeah, they're, they're playing teams. up a bunch of like, you know, extra stuff. 
I flipped through like the first episode and they keep talking about a controversy with like the gators for the gator pit getting loose. And it's so clearly just like it's it's obviously staged, but it's like obviously, obviously staged. Like, <laughs> like, you know that it's staged just because it's TV and that's what they do. But it's like it's not well it, it's not well veiled at all. Right. No. Like it's it's very over the top and like they don't care if you know it's fake because it's all it's all it's pro wrestling kayfabe. Right. Yeah. It's, like it's, you I mean, just you just have to completely suspend your disbelief to get into it. Yeah. This is the World Alliance of Roller Sports, you know, war. Right. It's fine. You are here so, to 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 watch people skate in a figure eight, but also pull each other's hair, I guess. Correct. <laughs> That's my understanding. So like. This is probably a good time to talk about the fact that we played two different roller games games. Yeah. Um, So the NES one is like the one worth talking about. But there's also an arcade game, which is set up more like the actual show where you're actually skating on the like the the figure eight track from the show. And you're just punching and you just things. it's just a, it's a beat em up. You just punch a bunch of dudes and you score points when you do it. It it's, seems it's like it's definitely boring. built to be like a two player game. Yeah, because you can kind of just like you're both on the track and there's you can hit each other, but you can also kind of like hit each other's grunts and try to like go for the high score or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really kind of one note. I think you said it best when you were like, this is a quarter that I would this is a game I would put one quarter into and then forget about. Absolutely. I would, um, I would put the quarter into it and I'd be like, hmm. I'm yeah, gonna... it's like it's minimal fun. Like it at first you think it's really cool and then it just it kind of overstays its welcome almost immediately. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's bad. It's just is very bland. Yeah. But that does at least somewhat attempt to um, it does somewhat attempt to follow the format of the actual show whereas the nes game follows a completely extraneous like adventure yeah well, about cause, cause terrorists that infiltrate the organization to make it a platformer them. yeah they corrupted three of the six teams that's why you're fighting the other three teams it's not even that they're bad or good it's just that they got corrupted by viper the vicious international punks and eternal re- renegades Oh, that's my the, God, I didn't know it was an acronym. That's the evil. That's the evil terrorist group. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They they, they corrupted the uh, what are their names, actually? Uh, We got the violators. Oh, yeah. yeah. Which yeah, I remember violators. because everyone was like, "Ooh, violators, uh, ma- maniacs, the maniacs and oh, the, uh, 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 bad attitude, bad attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And. The, the the manual talks about how, you know, the beloved commissioner was is being bound and gagged and stuck in the mercy of these the Viper creeps terrorists or whatever beneath uh-huh. the city. And the CIA and FBI, they lack the speed and cunning and sheer brute force <laughs> for the job. <laughs> so so it's up to you and your own three teams of freewheeling skate wizards to rescue the commissioner and stop Viper from unleashing its venom on the entire city. <laughs> Man, the trope of like the authorities, 
The proper authorities can't handle this. Only you, roller skate guy, <laughs> are capable of solving this problem. You'll have to go just about anywhere your eight wheels can take you. <laughs> Which is actually not very many places if you think about it. But also, they do those places skate. do not include a jungle. They, I'll straight up say that. But but they did. So but maybe I mean no. these people are special. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're they're the the peak athletes of yeah. the most popular sport on planet Earth. Yeah. <laughs> it's really good too because the manual then talked about how you know it's you, you should probably just bow out now because it's you know your chance of survival are low. But then it says, well, uh, they weren't uh, wrong. I mean, but remember, the lives of thousands are hanging in the balance. <laughs> not, not sure where that came from, but also only thousands. <laughs> and if you choose to accept this job and fall flat somewhere along the way, you can count on Viper to roast your ball bearings for dinner. <laughs> That's. Yep. Why are they eating their ball bearings? Because it's, you know. It's a clever way for them to some say balls. something about your balls. <laughs> but well, like, because but because like roller skates have ball bearings. You get it? Yeah, absolutely. That's Thanks. the joke. Thanks, Viper. I just love vicious international punks and eternal red. Renegades. I did not know that. And I'm I'm very happy that you said it. What because was, what the what, hell? What was the, uh, the, the Game Boy <laughs> manual for turtles? His 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 punk rumblers or something. Uh, the oh God, yeah, radical band of punk rumblers. <laughs> radical band of punk rumblers. Yeah. The people that wrote manuals for the Game Boy and NES in the eighties and nineties are awesome. Yeah, no, they like they really knew how to create like they really made these things like relics of their time. I mean, think about it for a minute. They they they, they had this manual. The show's already off the air. It's already gone bankrupt when the game comes out, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the man, the game is made in Japan. It gets brought over to America, and they're just like, what? <laughs> We're just going to name these things random stuff. So the, the, the sewer water is just radon sludge juice. <laughs> That's probably the wildest one. And I know the fire bars had a weird one, too. Oh, yeah, they're just called fire islands. Fire islands. Yeah. <laughs> I remember Alexis was like, oh, man. You got a you got a fire island into a venomous uh, into a venomous needle <laughs> <You have> point <laughs> needle point yeah <laughs> I was like is venomous needle point where you like do a craft for someone but it tells them they suck <laughs> yep yeah I think so and then you and then you like tell them to hang it in their kitchen or whatever <laughs> by the way the truck that runs you over is just the muck truck yes yeah I heard about that one. <laughs> the bosses that 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 boss and the helicopter boss are both terrible though oh yeah well yeah they're the bosses are generally not great uh, that the is combat not true. is like kind of more gratifying than you would expect for a Dude, game like this the first boss was hilarious oh yeah she, you you fight like four or five of her minions and then she just hits the ground and starts running around while flailing about yeah <laughs> And then yeah, she gets tired and you punch her. But if you walk in her path, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I love that boss was great. <laughs> yeah, that was really that was really good. Um, I got a I got a very good chuckle out of that one. 
the bosses in general are not no, very good because there's there's too many sequences that kind of just involve you having to like wait around and dodge until you are safe to attack. Yeah, I, I the the ending to the the jungle stage looked annoying because you're yeah. just waiting for the jet ski dude to pull some air so you can punch him as he drives over. The... That one once you once you actually figure that out, that's like a pretty consistent one. It, will it does so much take that a consistent. long time, but yeah, I did like almost run out of time. But I wouldn't have if I'd known what to do sooner. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Um, I'm thinking about the helicopter on the highway where like you can't really do anything to it. But it's and just it kind lasts. of like dropping bombs on you for like a really long time and you kind of just have to dodge. Yeah, it, it feels like a whole minute or something. So it's, you know, 30 yeah. seconds too long. Yeah, it's it's really too long. And same um, with the, the truck one that's just throwing barrels out of it. Oh, my God, that one sucked. Yeah. Although I did eventually find a safe strat where like it kind of backs up towards you and you can kind of go up alongside it and to dodge a lot of the barrels, ah, which is okay. how I ended up finally beating it. But yeah, that it. It took a while, and the the stage, the auto scroller that you have to go through. First of all, it's an auto scroller, so you can't speed it up. No, Second of all, it's kind of tough in its own right. So I thought it was. I was worried when I f- first got to that stage because I died a bunch, and then uh-huh. it was. It wasn't too bad once once you know the stage, like once you sort of memorize. Because yeah. it's not. I, I I say it's not too bad only because it's not very long. Yeah, and I think that a lot of the stages in roller games kind of have that same thing. Like a lot of them are not super fair, but because everything is consistent, you like it's definitely a game where they expect you to trial and error through it and just get better over time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I I cannot believe a a top fifteen games list brought us roller games, and that it was awesome. Yeah, like that it was. It was both things. It was a a game I hadn't heard of, and b actually worth playing. Uh huh. That's that's bizarre. So you know, don't I guess maybe don't judge a shitty listicle by its stupid title. Yeah, you might get your ball bearings roasted. Mm-hmm.